What's up, folks? Welcome to Hidden in Plain Sight. It's your boy Brandon Steele back again with another installment of the Solo Show Saga. Wanted to start today with uh, a review of sorts of the new Predator movie aptly titled Prey. Now in this particular flick, we see the Predators visiting Earth in 1700s and stumbling upon a tribe of Comanche warriors. Now, you're probably envisioning a bunch of bloodthirsty men out there scalping the French and Americans just to send a message, and so they can inhabit their powers. But actually, the star of this movie is a female. I know. I know. Shocker. You never would have guessed. Now, I'm not too mad about it. She was hot, and she was also pretty good. But seems unrealistic. Now, coming into the movie, I really had no expectations because they usually suck, for being honest. You know, the, some of the Alien movies are better, but the Predator movies, like, eh, they are what they are. They're okay. They're never going to be fantastic. But I liked the idea of this one, which is just dropping off the Predators and various historical situations to see how the humans would react at the time. So I was I was on board to start. I thought this was a decent idea. And then I had some questions like, do the predators count as colonizers coming to this country? Or because they're just coming to Earth to do like space tourism and, you know, poaching like white guys going to, you know, the African safari and getting to shoot a lion or some sort of endangered species after it's been, you know, poisoned and paralyzed by the locals. Because in that case, then they're just, you know, privileged. Right? Also, what a wild premise for a species of advanced extraterrestrials. You know, usually we hear about ETs that have all this advanced tech and that they're, you know, like rebuilding or they're building advanced civilizations. They're making Dyson spheres, absorbing the energy from stars, you know, or they're like harvesting people's assholes on Earth so that they can create alien-human hybrids. All sorts of wild stuff. But no, this particular species of alien... The Predators are literally just known as trophy hunters. Like, they're just intergalactic poachers, which seems like a pretty wild species to make it to the point of being able to traverse the cosmos. I mean, we're, we're basically dealing with, like, you know, the equivalent of Don, Don Jr. going to Africa to shoot a giraffe or some shit. Like, they are coming to this planet knowing, like, yeah, they're going to have the thrill of the hunt, but they should be fine, you know? Because people like to point out, like, well, the aliens actually, you know, use the same level of technology as the prey they're hunting, which, not really true. I mean, they literally have cloaking shields. They walk around invisible, okay? They got metal. First of all, Historically speaking, metal to the Comanches in 1700 would have seemed pretty fucking advanced. 
They didn't exactly uh, have metal tools. They had a few knives, but they were using arrowheads, which are just hard rocks. So to say that the, the predator evened the playing field, not so true. He was using highly advanced. He had a thermosensor. Okay? Like, you know, humans wouldn't see that for another 300 years. So let's settle down with the they even the playing field. Like, no, they're, they're, they're poachers. They're coming to stack the deck a little. You know, they want to kill with a decent story. They don't really want to actually risk anything. So I don't entirely understand how, you know, this is really supposed to be a challenge for the predators. I mean, I guess in the end they die. So like it was, but that's usually due to, you know, either them being sloppy or, you know, getting cocky, assuming those humans wouldn't find a way. You know, if I traveled back in time to the 1700s with a machine gun, I'm pretty sure I'm taking everyone out. I'm going to be honest. I don't care how many Comanches there are. uh, They don't have bullets. You know, I mean, it would have been great if these, if the predators just showed up and they figured out, you know, what the Americans would do later on and just dropped off blankets filled with smallpox to destroy their civilization. That would be funny, you know, not as fun, but that would have been funny. Aliens fighting germ warfare. Now, of course, they have, like, French poachers at some point that make an appearance. Spoiler alert. Uh, and they're, you know, white assholes, but they get killed, so. But, yeah, for all the, the honor bestowed upon the predators for how they, you know, approach their hunt, which I guess in some instance was, you know, fashioned a little after the Native Americans. They were fans, you know, in some African tribes as well. They were fans of... You know, the test of your adulthood being, hey, go kill that lion with some sharp rocks that you, and you fashioned a spear, and that's all you got. You got a wooden stick with a pointy end and some sharp rocks. No wonder so many of them died. Although, from watching this movie, the, uh, the conclusion I came to is that all the Comanche men are fucking pussies doesn't exactly agree with history. The Comanches were supposed to be pretty badass, but hilarious to think we're just going to retcon this and be like, actually, the Comanche men, not savages, they were just soy boys that were, you know, had mommy issues. They were the school shooters of their era. All the other tribes wanted bow and arrow control so that they could avoid more school arrowings by Comanche males that can't get pussy. Who am I to judge, you know? I'm just descended from the people that massacred them. My other thought as to why this advanced alien species slash civilization does nothing but travel the galaxy looking for fun things to hunt is that maybe they're just, like, autistic for hunting. You know, instead of, like, trains... Their society got to a point where they're just super autistic about hunting. It's the only thing they care about. They can list list off all the hunting statistics, you know, facts and figures. Don't make eye contact much, but they love hunting. Boy, do they love hunting. It'd also be great if they were actually just streaming the hunts 
and thus all the predators that traveled to Earth to hunt down people were actually alien influencers. Or, you know, they were like shooting reality TV shows for the intergalactic dark web. So it's just like snuff films. Because that would make sense. You know, your civilization gets to a point where most of the problems are gone. You're going to get autistic about something. I mean, and what you become autistic about is usually your downfall, but also kind of becomes like the hallmark of your civilization. Like Imperial Japan was autistic for swords. They love their katanas, okay? They're so autistic about katanas, they make them the same way today as they did back then. And one day I hope to be rich enough to buy one, but they cost us a lot of money. And the climax to this whole thing is in this young gal's showdown with this predator who's been, you know, injured, taking some shots, which once again, I don't exactly understand how the cloaking armor made of super advanced materials is susceptible to muskets and hatchets. But yeah, so the climax is this stupid fucking predator basically accidentally shoots himself in the head. What a dummy. Now, I wish they would have given some context in the movie and been like, yeah, this is actually like one of the stupidest members of their society. So he's not the best and brightest, you know. They they sent one of their rookies here for the first inspection. So of course he didn't know what he was doing, which doesn't make him, you know, doesn't make a ton of sense. The, the predator takes down a bear with his bare hands. So all in all, I thought it was fine. It was entertaining. Look, if you go into a predator movie or an alien movie expecting some sort of deeper meaning and, you know, hidden message, some good motifs, maybe a metaphor or two. Just stop. Just stop. You're watching this movie to see aliens kill people and then to eventually, at the very end, see people finally kill the aliens. That's the whole plot of all of the movies, regardless of who's in them or the time period. It's the same script, so I wouldn't exactly go, oh, no, it's a woman. It's like, yeah, Arnold Schwarzenegger's muscles weren't real either. He was doing steroids too. So, and he didn't even one with his gun in the end. So, yeah, I, you know, people have too high expectations. You're going to kill 90 minutes. And luckily they keep it brief, which is the best thing you can do with one of these movies. No one needs a two and a half hour alien versus Comanche woman. So Ezra Miller is back in the news uh, because he's apparently now on the run and paranoid about both the FBI and the KKK uh, coming after him, which is a very interesting group. The FBI, okay, that's sure. The FBI is probably after half of Hollywood. The FBI is probably after me at this point. The KKK one... Now, he did tell a few of their members to go kill themselves, but uh, he's also not black. So, I don't exactly know who he thinks the KKK has a problem with, but he's not at the top of their list. Also fascinating, though, to see 
the unraveling of an actor in real time. My favorite thing is when actors go off the deep end and you can tell that their ability to recognize the difference between when they're acting and real life starts breaking down. And just everything they start doing sounds like the plot of like a C-list movie. Because an actor on the run, you know, a non-binary actor on the run with like a family and some teenager that he's either grooming or saving, depending on who you ask. And they're just on the run from the FBI and the local, you know, Ku Klux Klan group. They what are they meeting these days? Probably just on Facebook or Gab, I assume. One of the two. Who knows? I don't even think the KKK really exists anymore. We can't even get kids to sign up for the army where you get to go kill people and it's cool. Let alone the KKK where you get people to sign up to at this point they just like, you know, shit post on social media and hand out flyers. I think that's about the extent of what they do these days. Sources also said Miller has been, in the words of the report, driving around the U.S. carrying at least one gun and wearing a bulletproof vest. Allegedly, they have grown paranoid about potentially being followed by members of the FBI and KKK. In the same report, it's alleged that their time in Iceland in early 2020 included the renting of an Airbnb that would ultimately come to be criticized as akin to a commune with locals in the Reykjavik area expressing concerns over alleged cult-esque behavior. I also read another report that he's been apparently just walking around the area barefoot with very long toenails, which has to be... That that should be higher in the diagnostic for mental illness. You know, like if you let your toenails get past a certain length, you got to talk to someone. That's the sign of a person who could use a little help. No one that's sound of sound mind and body is uh, walking around barefoot with long-ass toenails. That's someone who's had a mental break. It also said he just smells horrendous, which makes sense. If you're not cutting your toenails, you're probably not taking showers. And it wouldn't shock me if he'd gotten to the point where, like, he thinks the chemicals in his shampoo or, you know, sending his thoughts to the CIA. But I look forward to seeing where this goes because I really do love me a public spiral. And my favorite, maybe my favorite aspect about this is HBO and Warner Brothers just canceled the release of the Batgirl movie they were having made for HBO Max which I think costs them around $70 million, but if you squash the movie, you can write it off. So it ends up saving them money. But they canceled that while Ezra Miller's The Flash, which is already finished and cost a shit ton of money to film, they're pretty much just like, you know what? We're in too deep. We're going to be honest. We're in too deep. We can't get out of this. We got to let this play. Because that's essentially what's going on here. I can't think of another actor who would get eight separate allegations of either violence, abuse, grooming, or starting a cult and would still have the studio be like, eh, he hasn't been found guilty yet, which maybe that's what they're going to go with, is that they're just accusations. 
so that they can get the movie out. And then once he probably ends up going to court because it's a lot of accusations to be false, if we're being honest. And once he goes to court and pleads guilty, then they have an easy, or pleads guilty, is found guilty, then they have an easy way to swap someone else in. You know, jail really makes the call easy. It was also just funny because they announced that they're taking a 10-year approach to the DC universe in the same way Marvel approached theirs, except the first movie is The Flash, which, while this isn't great, I bet you that movie crushes at the box office. Because people are going to go just... It's like Heath, if Heath Ledger had survived after filming Batman and was just still on that bender, and you could tell, like, hey, he's probably going to OD soon. This movie's going to fucking rule. I think we're in a similar scenario here. Where because he's lost his mind so much, people are going to be like, damn, he must have really dug in deep to this role as The Flash. I got to check out this. This is the performance that drove him mad. So, yeah, I'm going to go see the movie. Of course. And I bet you it's good. Because that's another thing we need to just be honest about. Crazy people are the good actors. Crazy people make the best movies, TV. They make the best content, okay? Folks, the crazy people, you know, no one knows crazy people like I do, but I say, hey, you know, these crazy folks are making some of the best content out there in independent media, right? So, yeah, crazy people are the entertaining ones. It's not healthy for them, but it's fun to watch. I like to think of myself as a little bit of an example here. Could cause some problems for me down the line, but for the sake of content, embrace the crazy. My only life motto, embrace the crazy because they ain't going nowhere. So I discussed the the Hunter Biden situation uh, last week and talked about how he takes a lot of videos and photos of his dick and his bender. And the New York Post uh, put out an article today where apparently, from text messages recovered from the laptop, uh, Hunter Biden said his obsession with naked selfies was a result of quote-unquote body dysmorphia, according to a rambling screed found in the notes of his hard drive. Not exactly how I understand dysmorphia, but... This article does go on to make some interesting points, and let's continue. This is another quote from Hunter. I loved to be reassured that my 9-inch, very big penis was actually big. I think if you got a 9-inch dick, you know you're, you're packing. Let's be honest. Every man out there, if your dick was anywhere near 9 inches, you'd, you'd know you got a unit. Uh, it may sound funny to you, but it's body dysmorphia. I know my penis is almost twice the size of an average man's penis. Fairly accurate. Uh, The First Son wrote on July 12th, 2018. What a dark place crack can take you to. When you're in the middle of a bender and your nine-inch dick no longer looks big. I feel for him here. No man should have a nine-inch penis and be sensitive about it. Like, that, that should be all the confidence you need, really. And maybe in a sense it was. Maybe only a man with a nine-inch dick would so openly commit corrupt business dealings using his 
dementia-riddled father. Here's another quote from the Post article. It sounds like an overcompensation. In the past, Hunter may have felt there was something lacking, and it seems like he bases a lot of his internalized value with his penis. Allison Cohen, a New York City-based psychotherapist who has treated clients with the disorder, told the Post. That's an interesting observation, to say something is lacking in a man who has such a huge dick. But at the same time, you know, I can, I can once again, I can relate to having, you know, when you have things going so bad that your nine-inch dick no longer looks big in the mirror, you know. Those are tough times indeed. That is really when you know you got to talk to someone. When that huge cock ain't, ain't seeming so big. See another quote. When the woman you have given up everything for says to a crowd of people, I loved Bo, and this is in uh, reference to Bo Biden's wife, who after he died, Hunter immediately started dating. Uh, and apparently she was a fan of belittling his manhood, which that's pretty funny. That's an alpha female right now, right there. You know, if you're, if you're dating Hunter Biden, he got nine inch dick and you're like, oh, it's so small. Why is it so small right now? That's pretty funny. Just because, you know, you can fuck with him. What a bummer to think in this country. You can't be rich, you know, a member of what's essentially American royalty with a huge hog, you know, and you're still just depressed. That's rough. I get why he was smoking crack. We got another quote from the psychotherapist here. I think he must associate his penis with his value to some degree, which is probably why he was so upset when Hallie didn't recognize it as a value to her. So I don't entirely understand how this relationship was working, but I'd be fascinated to find out. Because she seemed to almost hate him, but was also still... You know, sucking that nine-inch hog shortly after her husband died. It's incredibly weird. There's no way that triangle ever is not going to sound strange. Because it seems too weird to not have more to it. But if it had happened, or it started before Bo died and then, you know, intensified, that would genuinely make, make you feel guilty. And also would make sense for the I'm addicted to Hunter line. A bit of a cop-out, but you've also heard... Plenty of dudes go with, like, I'm just addicted to that pussy. You know, man, that pussy just, it's it's more addictive than crack. It sure is, right? Y'all know what I'm saying? Ladies and gentlemen, I'm here today to tell you that there is no drug more addictive than pussy, and I done tried them all. It makes me have a little sympathy for old Hunter. You know, he was out here just trying to figure out how to make his life have meaning through his nine-inch dick. It's another fun story that came out this weekend when a French physicist uh, tweeted what was initially thought to be a picture of of the star nearest the sun from the new James Webb telescope. And it turned out, not only was this not a picture of that star it was in fact a picture of chorizo yes it was a picture of sausage and if i'm being honest you know if you look at the the tweet 
it's it's kind of convincing. If you didn't know it was chorizo and you just took a look at it, you'd be like, yeah, it looks like all the other pictures of stars I've seen, which is it looks like a ball with orange coloration. But then once you find out it is chorizo and then you look at it a little longer, then it very much starts to look like sausage. Apparently the French physicist tweeted this out, thinking it'd be a funny goof, you know, to throw out a pic up there, being like, look how clear this picture is of the star nearest the sun. It's an amazing thing what our technology is doing. And then once all of the morons on the internet were like, yo, that star looks pretty cool. Yeah, space is sweet. That's awesome. He realized quickly that he had to clarify because people are too fucking stupid to tell. And they'd be like, hey, you know that picture I threw up? To be honest, just thought it would be a funny goof. In hindsight, yeah, regret it. But uh, it was a joke, you know. I was just fooling, didn't mean to spread misinformation out there. The interesting part of this story is a member of the UFO community, a.k.a. UFO Twitter. Now it's going to be hard to tell. Is that a UFO or just a piece of chorizo sausage? These are the questions we're going to have to ask now. It's going to be very difficult. The UFO community is going to need to step their shit up. Okay? Because the pictures are going to look cool. They're going to have cool artwork, sick renderings, but also they can still easily manipulate us. You know, if we'll fall for a picture of chorizo sausage, and I don't blame anyone who did, because if you're not a physicist used to looking at these pictures, yeah, you wouldn't think twice about it. Now, I can imagine the DMs of this dude from the physicist who did look at it and immediately were like, hey, that's... It's not a star, right, buddy? What, what'd you... Do you take a picture of the chorizo again? Because I bet that's not the first time this guy's done it. He's probably been taking dick pics with this telescope. Maybe it makes his cock look huge. I don't know. That'd be an invention worth patenting. Now, I don't want to be all anti-science here. I'm very hopeful this new telescope gets us some cool shit. Because I love cool space shit. Like, that cartwheel galaxy looks pretty fucking cool. But shout out to the part of the scientific community that still has a sense of humor. I I do appreciate that. I'm more appreciative that this dude thought it would, you know, be funny to post a picture of chorizo and say it was a star just to troll people. When, like, there was no reason. Like, he was probably just bored on a Friday, you know. Maybe he started hitting the wine a little early because he is French, and was like, "Fuck it, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna have some fun." That I I appreciate. We need science to laugh a little, okay? Chill for a minute. Don't be so goddamn serious. Now we also discussed uh, the old monkeypox recently, and I was you know thinking on on the subject as I often do when I have absolutely nothing else to do is I think about retarded stuff and I meditate on them. So I was meditating on, you know, because the spread of the pox has been largely attributed to gay men. Uh, 
or bi men, whatever you want to call them, uh, having group sex or just, you know, sleeping with a bunch of random dudes, which the statistics seem to back that up. So it's being called a gay disease. But I had this thought. Do lesbians not do orgies? Because there have been no reports of wild piss orgies that involved only lesbians. You know, and when we think of LGBTQ and that whole community, we lump them together. We assume they have similar traits and habits. But I consulted my, my source on this matter, and she informed me that indeed lesbians are not big on orgies. And I find that fascinating, psychologically speaking. Because it could just be as simple as dudes are gross, they're going to fuck, and if there's more of them in one location at a time, that's just more efficient. Whereas women involve feelings. And I think that's a fascinating, you know, exploration of not only differences between men and women, but the differences between gay men and lesbians. Because monkeypox is not ravaging the lesbian community. And personally, I think the lesbians should hold like a press conference or something and make that known. You know, win over some points. Because a lot of that community is doing some harm. But if the lesbians were like, hey, we're being very rational about this. Because logic would dictate that just, you know, all the gay people, because no one, they can't get pregnant. That's the thing. Pregnancy's not a risk. If dudes are fucking dudes and ladies, you know, eating puss. Ain't no babies being made there. So you would think they would have similar traits in regard to their sexual proclivities. But alas, we see that there are indeed some characteristics and traits that supersede even what you'll lick or put your dick in. And also to close out, it's the most wonderful time of the year. Yes, it's the Little League World Series. And anyone who's been listening long enough knows that there's no sporting event I treasure more than the Little League World Series for a plethora of reasons. And if you're a little new here, I'll give you a quick breakdown. One, some of those kids are really fucking good. In fact, there's usually one or two that ends up making the pros down the line. So you have kids who are really good, some who are uh, clearly bigger than all the other kids who can just hit massive home runs. But then you'll also have kids who suck, who are just terrible. Because, again, these kids are 11 and 12. So some of the kids that are terrible just got dragged there. And then even the kids that are good, really good, you know, might make the big leagues, they're still 12-year-olds. So occasionally, they'll fuck up pretty bad. And you know what happens in the League World Series when you fuck up? You cry. They always do. Can you imagine if in the MLB some dude dropped a fly ball and then started crying on his way back in to get the ball to the pitcher? Or the pitcher giving up a home run and just bawling on the mound, begging to be taken out because he's embarrassed? Oh, it's fantastic. It's fantastic. You get the height of the sport, but you also get 12-year-olds fucking things up. And it's beautiful because you see dreams being made. You know, kids make it to Williamsport. They hit their home run. 
They, you know, they have a great series. But you also see dreams being destroyed. I find that equally as entertaining. The dichotomy of dreams being made, dreams being destroyed. Little League used to be the first place where kids learned, hey, maybe I'm not that good at this. Or you learn to take a loss, figure out what your strengths and weaknesses are, and son, you suck at hitting baseballs. Also, it's just great once the international teams get there. Nothing brings a smile to my face like the Japanese team doing their team intros in their broken English. And every single one of them, their favorite players, either Suzuki Ichiro or Shohei Otani. Because that's pretty much it. You get the occasional, you know, Hideki Masui. But it's pretty much all just, you know, Ichiro and Shohei. So we'll see. I will obviously be watching every single game. In fact, I had to record this video a little later than usual because there were uh, 14 games today. And in fact, once I finish, I got a few more to catch up on. So I'll leave you with my favorite story involving Little League Baseball. Now, this wasn't the Little League World Series, but there was uh, one instance where Perry, myself, and our buddy Will had picked up, you know, a nice eight ball or two of the old cocaina. And for those that don't know, one of our favorite pastimes is getting fucked up and going to the park. Sometimes we'd play hoops. Sometimes we'd just wander around. Uh, this particular occasion, we did a bunch of blow, and we saw that they were having uh, Little League games at the park there. So, of course, we went to the bleachers and we watched that shit. You know, we, were sat, we sat amongst the parents, and we were more enthusiastic than they were. I remember our buddy was going, oh, yeah, let's go. Come on, Timmy. Yeah, Timmy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cheering his heart out. It was fantastic. Wildly entertaining. Now, most things on cocaine are, but this in particular was fun. And it was funny because the parents enjoyed that we were there. Because let's be honest, 10-year-olds playing baseball can usually be kind of boring. But you introduce three coked-out 18-year-olds, you know, cheering their heart out, and then it's awesome. Plus, after that game, the next thing that was going on was a softball league where they drank beers. So we went to that and cheered for that, and those dudes just gave us brews. So we're coked out, drinking Bud Lights, you know, watching these dudes play softball, get into a few fights. Ah, oh, it was a beautiful thing. It was a beautiful thing. One of my favorite memories, getting coked out and cheering on those 10-year-olds. Well, that'll do it for this installment of the Solo Show Saga. If you want to follow us, you can follow us on Twitter, at The Hidden Pod. Uh, you can follow me on Instagram at Brandon Steel Hidden. Uh, if you want to sign up for the Patreon, it's patreon.com slash hidden in plain sight pod. Page is popping, hundreds of hours of content. More will be added shortly. Uh, 333 to join. You know, or if you want to give a little more, that's always appreciated. We've even uh, put in the option to buy a year up front and you get ten percent off. So that's a real, real bargain. So that'll do it for this week, folks. Uh, so until until next time, mom out. It's